Welcome to Hype Louisville, where we bring you the most exciting things happening in our city and talk to the people making it happen. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew Beckman and Nathan Shanks. Let's get hyped. Hype Louisville, what is up? It is episode, is it episode four? Four. Episode four. Moving right along. Back at it again. Let's go. We have a great guest today, Luke Neubauer. What's up, Luke? Thanks for being here, man. What's up, guys? I'm super excited about uh, talking to y'all today. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, oh, for sure. Thank you, my man. Yeah. Let's just hop right into it. Yeah. Well, we got to do our tradition. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's right. What are we um, hyped about this week? That's a good point. Yeah. So let's start with Beckman. Get well, on I'm, the spot. I'm actually super hyped. I'm, uh, I'm getting to have a vacation that I haven't had in probably a couple years now. I'm going skiing. Oh yeah, with this guy. So uh, oh, very cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. So I'm jealous. Yeah, that's why I was asking you those questions about snowboarding versus skiing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but uh, take but, some good video, Luke. I want to see. Uh, yeah, well, see the plan is he's going to be back snow off of the off the ski lift, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. snowbanks <laughs> snow and then sl- ski Yeah, down. yeah. With that's a beer in hand, he sent me the Instagram picture. He's like, "Dude, we're recreating this." Yeah, and he's the dude falling out of the chair. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So that's perfect. But yeah, you know, uh, to, as we're getting close to the to the end of COVID, I think we're gonna get to see a lot more people traveling and getting yeah. out there. And um, you know, my wife and I are super super hyped about it. So cool. Yeah. What That's about? Uh, I bet what Luke's about, hyped for the same thing. Yeah. The the ski no, trip he's, is. He's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hyped about it. Hyped about it. Trying to get Beckman to, to try snowboarding, but uh, he, he's too too scared to fall. So. I'm a big snowboarder. Or, uh, we might stick with skiing, and then yeah. you know. Once we once we feel like we're confident enough, maybe try snowboarding. There you so. go, cool. But yeah, I'm hyped about it. I love it. I love it. Well, my uh, my house, my new house, is being painted today. Hell yeah! That's so, right. Clarification. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, we're gonna have a white house now. So uh, we aren't moved in yet, but that he sent me a picture. Their first coat is going on today, so I'm pumped to get that rolling. The, we- so, the weather I'm is good. Pumped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hyped Did we change the name of the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Pumped Little. I don't yeah. even know if that's. Uh, that makes sounds, it sound like a fitness. I was going to say, it sounds like a you club. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. a nightclub. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, well, yeah. Let's get, let's dive in. Well, yeah. Well, so, um, you know, a little bit about Luke Newbauer. Luke Newbauer was, went to St. X, was a swimmer there, and uh, went on to swim at, at uh, well, I think he went to Western first, but then ended up at Center Swimming for three years, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, graduated, was a, a JCPS teacher, and um, after a certain amount of time, and we'll let him get into the story, he started uh, buying and holding real estate. And um, and this today we're going to hear about, about why he chose that path, what motivates him, what's attractive about real estate, and, um, and what his day-to-day looks like now compared to when he was uh, first starting out building his empire <laughs> <laughs> it's the the empire is my words but yeah, yeah. you know i think empire is a, a, a stretch, stretch. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than most more than me <laughs> yeah yeah so you just want to start let, tell us about your background how you got into real estate yeah and, and everything you yeah 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 there. absolutely so andrew was talking about school and uh, I guess we'll start there. Yeah. One of the things when I was in school that I always felt like maybe I was a little bit different than other people was a lot of people felt like that I knew knew what they wanted to do, especially late high school, college. I went to Center College. 
Um, I was a biology major, and I think most of the biology majors either went to medical school, dental school, or you know something like that, mm-hmm. some type of professional school. And uh, when I got out of, out of college, I, I still didn't know what I wanted to do necessarily. Yeah. And I got a couple different jobs. Uh, thought maybe I was going to go to physical therapy school, and that I ended up not getting in. And so uh, decided that I, I convinced myself that I didn't want to do that anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm not interested. No, I wasn't interested, interested in it. <laughs> but you know, I'll I'll be the first to admit that I still really don't know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. I don't. But what what's awesome about real estate is that it allows you to uh, have the freedom to figure it out mm-hmm. and uh, the time because I think a lot of times people get caught up in the day-to-day of everyday life and job and paying bills and you know family and everything that we have to do and it just gets hard to really figure out what you want to do and so what attracted me to real estate was I felt like it it was a path that you could get to financial freedom relatively easily with low risk Mm -hmm. and that's what um, that's what really drove me to it and uh, it's been it's been a fun ride the um I know I started listening to some Carlton Sheets CDs, which he was an investor back from like the 90s. Okay. And he, he made like some CDs that had like do this and this and this. And when you run the numbers on paper, it just I could never figure out how to make sense of the deals like that he was talking about and the deals that I would look at locally. And then eventually it was 2000, this was 2009, 2010, and the market was kind of having some trouble. And then uh, before you knew it, my wife, she pushed she pushed us into our first rental house. I didn't I didn't want to buy it. I was nervous. We yeah. were like twenty three. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I, I give her a lot of I give her a lot of credit because uh, you know we uh, <laughs> we started with thirty five hundred dollars to buy our first house, wow. and that was every dime that we had. I cashed. My dad gave me a thousand dollars in stocks when I was uh, eighteen, and uh-huh. I held it through college. And uh, it was it had grown to like fourteen hundred dollars, but I had to cash that out <laughs> to buy this house along with our like two thousand dollars savings or whatever. Oh my gosh! And uh, that that was actually our our first uh, primary residence where we lived. And then uh, the cool thing, the other cool thing about real estate that a lot of people don't realize is you can use other people's money to build your wealth. You don't have to use uh, you can use other people's money or the bank's money. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to have a bunch of money. And, and you know, I was I was a teacher, so. You know, we were making thirty thousand dollars a year, and, right. and then my wife was a real estate agent. But in her first couple of years, she made less than me. Yeah. So it's you hard. don't necessarily so have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you don't have to. You know, you don't have to have a bunch of money. But that's kind of another cool thing about real estate is if you know what you're doing and you know the right people, mm-hmm. you can build a business. And and uh, there's really no reason that anybody can't do it. Right. Whereas like. Obviously, I couldn't get in physical therapy school, so I couldn't become a physical therapist. (laughs) (laughs) No matter how hard I wanted to. Speaking of mine, I think I slept on my shoulder wrong. Could you uh, you help me out with that? No. (laughs) Could you tell me how much this house is worth? (laughs) More than you think. (laughs) Fair enough. I like the sound of that. Yeah, Yeah, and and going going with that, I mean, real estate, Another thing that attracted me to it is the fact that you make money in several different ways. You make mm-hmm. money on appreciation. You make there's tax benefits. There's um, principal pay down on your mortgage that you get. You get to write off all the interest that you have on a mortgage. You get to um, collect rents and cash flow. I mean, there's just so many different ways you can make money, and um, it snowballs over time. 
And then yeah. once, you know, money is, is essentially just a tool that allows you to have choices. And then once you have choices, then, you know, now I'm 35, just turned 35 last week. And now, you know, I can start figuring out what I, what I want to do with my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First real which, estate. Which now, for the last. Uh, uh, stocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I got out of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, for and for the last, you know, since COVID started, I know I've talked to Andrew about this quite a bit, but I've been staying at home a lot with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Which, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's the time, uh, the, the times that we live in. Right. So, yeah. But it is cool to, um, to even be able to do that. So yeah. did you, when you're 23, you're buying this first <laughs> rental property. I mean, did you see it growing to where it was going to be a full-time thing for you guys? Or was it just kind of, we're going to start with one and see what happens? Yeah. So, so that first house that we bought, uh, was our primary residence in Clifton. Uh, we paid way under market value for it because the market was in a, it was struggling in 2010, 2011. Okay. And then, the, the first rental house, we used equity that we had in the primary residence that we bought and got an equity line because mm-hmm. we bought it so cheap yep. and then used that money to buy the first rental, bought that rental, thought about flipping it. I think the comps were maybe for 55,000 um, at the time, but we had like 35 in it maybe. So we would have essentially made like, I don't know, after fees 10, and commissions and everything, yeah, 10,000 or something yeah. like that. But when we looked at refinancing it with a mortgage, we ended up getting a mortgage on it for around 45,000. Okay. And collected eight hundred dollars a month in rent for the yeah, past so you like make, nine years. You so, make that ten grand in less than eighteen months. Exactly. Plus, you have thirty five in. You take a loan for forty five. It right. was essentially the same as if I would have sold it because I didn't have the transaction cost, right, or the taxes. See, yeah, yeah. And then, and well, so once that. we did that, that was the first time. <laughs> that was the first time in my life where I was like. I thought to myself, "Is money real? Like, is this is, is it real? Yeah. <laughs> can you just can you just create money like yeah. this? Because then then the question doesn't become like you know, I need to have all this money in order to continue to buy houses. It's it's how many times can I do that with other people's money? And then once right. you realize that, then the sky's the limit on a thirty thousand dollar teacher salary. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, amazing. But essentially, my wife found the first three houses that we bought, um, and she was very interested in it, and then. I, I was nervous, and then once I once I got confidence, and she helped with that, and um, then I was able to really start pushing for more houses. And I know I tell this story to Andrew all the time. We were in a faculty meeting. Um, I think it was my second or third year teaching at the time. We had my primary residence and three rentals, and I started doing the calculation of how many rentals I needed to have in order to be able to quit my job. And okay. this was very early on. Yeah. And of course I would never tell anybody that this was my goal because if I failed, I was afraid <laughs> of looking like an idiot. <laughs> Although, you know, one of the things with, with having goals is I think it's really important that they're realistic. And sometimes yeah. yes. people have super unrealistic goals for themselves. Yep. And then they tell everybody these unrealistic goals. Yeah. And it's like, dude, why don't we like step back for a second and like it's almost... try to like have a realistic goal that's like totally attainable. So exactly. like, the, the plan I set for myself was seven years to be okay. able to quit my job in seven years. And I did it that day in the, you know, the math you, you I did math. the math yeah. and, all, and yeah. was, you know about reinvesting all the income and, and all the rest uh-huh. of it that we would get from the rentals and then we I ended up doing it in six That's so nice. it's pretty yeah. cool to be able to do better than what you thought you could do yeah um, and you know yep it but one of the things about teaching that was great hopefully I wasn't as terrible at it as I felt I, I was some of the kids told me I was really good okay. some of the kids told me I was terrible <laughs> 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 so, I wouldn't trust who knows if you're one of my students and you're listening uh 
Sorry. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> hey, you know. Um, but in my heart, I felt like it wasn't the right thing for me. And so, yeah. even though I enjoyed the kids, um, and I had fun, and I had fun when I was in school. I mean, I t- we were at the I was at the all boys school uh, by Iroquois Park, um, which had been one of the lowest performing schools in the state for mm-hmm. a while, and. Um, we went to the state championship in chess because I was a chess coach. Wow. Oh my gosh, got second that. place. Yeah. No way, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. The only that's school awesome. that beat us was uh, Mazik. Yeah, there was just so, a TV show about chess. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, on the Netflix. Queen's Gambit. Oh, the Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Great, yeah, what a great binge, show. binge worthy show. It was. For sure. man. I think we watched that in a weekend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That day, I remember that year. Uh, we would we would stay after school and play chess for. Two hours a day. That's awesome. And I had 10 to 15 kids almost every day yeah. playing chess. Yeah. And we, I signed them out for uh, for puzzles on, uh, you remember that? Chess.com. Chess, on chess Kid. Chess, yeah. Where I played chess. I paid, <laughs> I think I paid, I paid out of my own pocket. I want to say it was like 300 bucks for the year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Luke was coaching me. So yeah, I, was, <laughs> yeah, I, was I set Andrew up with the puzzles <laughs> profile. But uh, anyways... So the kids are working on puzzles at home. They uh-huh. were playing chess for two hours a day. And I mean, these kids got so much better. But going with that... One of the things that I think is important with with business and and uh, being an entrepreneur is is the the struggle through like you know not being very good and then continuing mm-hmm. to persist and yeah. continuing to try as as hard as you can to get better. Yeah. Um, sports taught me that, um, and it's not something that you do over you know a couple weeks or a couple months. Right. This is years in the making. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so I, I took that with real estate as well, and I'm like, okay, this is this is just like sports. It's I'm not going to be able to quit my job in a month, in a year. Right. It's yeah, seven yeah. years. This is seven years down the road. Yep. And if I stick to the plan for seven years, I'll be able to do it. Yep. And it's just like that with anything else. And if you yeah. can communicate Consistency that to be, yes, key. yes. And so that's the one thing that I enjoyed uh, about teaching was feeling like I was able to communicate that somewhat to some of the kids and, yeah. and get them to understand that like, it's a long game and, right. and life is a long game. Yeah. And so just play it for the long term and, uh, and you'll do well. That's, that's my, that's why my you mainly buy and hold too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So and money we didn't can... sell a house until we had, I think we'd all, we had like maybe 13 or 14 properties before we sold our first one. Right. And since then we've probably sold maybe eight or nine, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't like selling stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta pay this, taxes when you sell. That's right. But yeah. at the same this time, the other day on uh, Chip Ridge's podcast, the Warren Buffett says it's always the best time to buy is always now, and the best time to sell is never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And never buy an asset that you're not willing to hold for at least ten years. Yeah, because markets change, whether it's the housing market or mm-hmm. the uh, S and P. Yeah. But um, yeah. Hey, so back to so, what is that actual process called that you use to start buying your rental properties? There's oh, a name for it, right? So yeah, so yeah. I didn't know what it was called at the time. I just it, I thought it was like the infinite money printer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what it's, Free money. <laughs> what it's actually called is Burr, uh, coined by Brandon Turner from BiggerPockets.com. So if you're interested in learning about real estate investing, that's a great website I, I recommend. But Burr stands is B R R R. R. R, yeah, the last one. <laughs> buy. Repeat. <laughs> yeah, repeat. Buy, yeah. <laughs> the first thing is you buy a property. So buy, then you uh, renovate the property, then you rent the property, then you refinance the property, and then you repeat it every single time. Mm-hmm. And you just basically do that over and over again. And then, so that process is a process of basically being able to minimize how much money you have in a deal because when you refinance it, you should have uh, forced appreciation on the property and it should appraise for more. And so you should be able to get 
a larger portion than, say, a 20% down payment that's required when you buy an investment property by most banks, maybe 25. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of times, uh, I, I want to say it was almost every time we got, you know, over 100% of our money back out of it. And, as sometimes, and sometimes, the, more, sometimes right? the amount of money that we got was stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Appraisers. <laughs> but I'm not going to argue about it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I know some of these appraisers, appraisals that we've seen uh, I have definitely jumped up and down. And then there's been a few <laughs> and then that the other ones like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Super low. So just it just depends on how it works. But yeah, so that process, uh, if you're interested in, in investing with little of your own money, BR, look that up. And is it, would it be fair if I were to put one term on it to kind of describe that whole process? Is that what, you, if someone said, well, that's that's how a real estate investor leverages their money. Is that a fair term to, to describe that process? They're leveraging themselves so that, and using other people's money to buy more and more? Yeah, is I that, mean, there's, there, I think there's multiple ways to do it. That's just one strategy. Um, that's a strategy that I like the best because you get to keep the equity for yourself. There's other ways you can use other people's money to invest, but I like that strategy the best just because it's it's the simple. It seems the simplest to me, and it's um, you know people are doing that with much more expensive properties than the you know single family houses or duplexes that I'm buying. So, uh, could we maybe just do like a quick example of what that looks like? So let's say you find a distressed property for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and um, the highest and 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 you can flush this out a little more, but the ARV in the area, let's say, is two hundred thousand, and that's after repair value. That's if the property were to sell the next day and it's fixed up and nice, right? And so, let's say um, the ARV, you know, which is usually one of the most comparable homes, selling for the highest price in the neighborhood, and you you have to put, let's say, fifty thousand dollars into it to to get it up to that two hundred thousand dollars status. So now you've got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars into the property. You get it. So maybe how do we go from there? So now the you buy the house for a hundred, you got fifty into it, and you rent it out for let's say let's say fifteen hundred dollars, and um, and your mortgage on it is a thousand. So could you explain like some of the benefits instead of just taking the the quick I'm gonna sell it, I'm gonna cut my profit out, flip it, and and move on to the next from holding it, cash flowing while someone else is paying the debt down. And you know you're getting tax write-offs every year, not only on the interest but on your payment for rehabbing yeah. it and whatnot. Because there's so much there, and I think because uh, you really, I mean, even even owning one property, I would I would think you would agree with this is um, is probably a great asset to have in your portfolio. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll take this. I'll just give example number examples from a house that we did if that makes it easier it weighs, um, just because yeah. it's, it's a real life example but uh so this was in 2019 in may we bought a house in jaytown uh it's a four bedroom two bath bought it for 135 thousand, and um we put let's see i know we had about 167 in it so i think it was over tw a little bit over twenty thousand or so into it we so the first thing is when you buy a house, you got to obviously find a deal. And the second thing is you got to figure out how you're going to fund the deal. If you are interested in investing, what you need to understand is that if you find a good deal where it's actually a really smoking hot deal, you will be able to find the funding because it doesn't matter about your credit or anything because somebody is going to want a position on that property because if you default and it's a really good deal, now they get the so that's the moral of the story is how do you get get started is you have to find a smoking hot deal if you get find a smoking hot deal you can find the money 
it's not that hard. And we could probably have a podcast talking just on that. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's a so, super in-depth thing, but I'll try, yeah. I'll try to go quick. Basically, we had 167000 in this house, got the uh, got it rented out. I think we rented it for seventeen ninety-five um, a month. And then the appraisal came in at 230000 or 225000 I can't remember which one. And so they wanted to lend, or they lent us basically 75% of that amount. So we... Um, we got the loan for I think the loan amount was one sixty eight two fifty or something like that. So it was like right at what we had in it. So basically, it was zero money down uh, or zero money in. So your cash on cash return, based off the money that you have in the property when you get almost all your money out or all of your money out, is essentially infinite because there's no money in it. So with that house, uh, I want to say it cash flows. The mortgage payment is nine hundred and six dollars a month or something like that. It's on a thirty year fixed mortgage. The rate is like four point five percent or something like that yeah so i think a cash flow is like four fifty five hundred dollars a month yeah. um and that's you know after you get done with the taxes and insurance and, and everything else right. on it which is a pretty good deal so some of the other benefits so you got obviously you got your cash flow when you buy a house i bought it with hard money that one which hard money is expensive but the good thing about our money is i, I want to say the interest on that one was like 17 Eight. or eighteen thousand oh. dollars and so I got to write off $18,000 of interest. Wow. But I had that property rented for a large portion of the time that I had that loan on it. So I had I was collecting $1,800 a month. And I want to say that my my rent collected was maybe $9,000 that year. And so I got to write off $18,000 oh. wow. that all that interest off as a basically as a you know as a write-off. But then I collected you know, $9,000 in rent on top of that. Then you get to depreciate the asset, which this is really interesting. So you depreciate an asset uh, over 27 and a half years. And that means if you want to make $100,000 completely tax-free, you only have to have $2,750,000 invested in real estate, which is seems like a lot. But, but you add it up. It's yeah. not that much, really. I mean, yeah. any, anybody could definitely do that. And that's literally $100,000 tax-free just based off depreciation, not including any types of interest write-offs or any other types of write-offs. Wow. And so savings and taxes with real estate is huge. And now um, going to appreciation, you know, I think last year I heard the statistic that properties appreciated somewhere between 10 to 13%, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and if you think about that, real estate's a leveraged asset. So the, the cash on cash return just based off of appreciation, if you're appreciating 13% and you have zero money in the deal is yeah infinite. But if you had, say you had $5,000 in the deal and it went up 13% and the property's worth two thirty, well, it just went up twenty over $20,000 on a $5,000 investment. Yeah. Now, if you put 20% down and you bought the house for two thirty, you know, that it, you'd be looking at a little bit different story, but you're still making close to 50% on your money. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but, but you, you know, the, the only thing is you got to be careful with doing this strategy because... You don't want to get too leveraged. And yeah. You want to make sure you have, and this is one thing a lot of people disagree with me on, but I think you need to have a lot of, of liquid cash assets that you can pay for everything with in the in, in a downturn. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm not talking about, a lot of people say three to six months. I'm talking years. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're going to leverage stuff, I think you need a lot of cash, of cash and liquid assets yeah. Yeah. So to protect yourself. Yeah. Anyways, does that answer your question? That did. That was an excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. So a uh, couple things, though, I think that, are, and I, I, we'll get back to it. But one main. So we're talking about all this wealth you're 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 growing over time. But the lifestyle you have right now, like you're not 
you're you're living a very humble, moderate life. You're not spending everything on TVs. You're not spending this the equity you're pulling out on frivolous things. You're reinvesting it, right? And yeah. you're living below your your means for the most part. I yeah. mean, you live a great life. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I just want make make sure listeners, you know. Are um, the the two that are listening <laughs> that uh, that it's not it's it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not so you can own a jet and fly around the world. Like it's your no li- Lambos over here. Yeah, <laughs> yet yet <laughs> you get on every other real estate investor that's been in it for a long time seems to really get into cars. So. Yeah, but I think it's important to know that like yes, as you're growing this wealth, it's not it's not necessarily. Um, I mean, you're 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 being very smart about it. I guess is what I want yeah. people to hear. Uh, yeah, and and I'm you know I'm just a normal dude that isn't smart enough to uh, get into physical therapy school or become <laughs> a doctor or anything like that. So you know, I think you know I think anybody can do this stuff. It's not it's right. not hard. It's 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 about it's essentially it's about self education. I think because they don't teach this stuff in school. Right. Right. So uh, self education, I think, is really important and. Um, Something that I didn't understand, but it's actually super fun. You can so, totally nerd out on some topic and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go Let's... down some crazy rabbit hole and and uh, and learn a whole lot and enjoy it. Um, and I'm I'm constantly learning, reading, and um, it's always about money and real estate. So, so can we go back and talk about how those first two years look like when you were like doing this burr up method? Like you were still a teacher, Christine was still working. You had nor you had your kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had a baby. I mean, and I personally, I, I was my first year in law school was Luke's first year of teaching. And I remember we were both so busy. There was one one moment that Christina, I think, went to Lexington. Me and you were just hanging out. And, and Luke was literally putting together books, school books, <laughs> taping them mindlessly, thinking, like, I hate this job. <laughs> and we were both like, we've got to do this. And I could, I, I just remember you working crazy hours and i was in law school studying a lot of hours right. and um and that's when you made the first move right the first purchase well you bought waverly yeah bought it, it waverly was right around that then, same time yeah. and then next thing you know but um but what did that what did that look like like because I, th- I think a lot of people hear oh you know hgtv i'll f- i can flip this house i can do that <laughs> but i want to i want i'd love to because because i've dabbled in this because of you you've inspired me you know luke was uh, my first, re- my reason why I got into real estate and why I own three properties, but it's not easy, is it? Is it? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I'm obviously not perfect, but I make a lot more mistakes than people realize, and uh, and I'm good with it. I enjoy the mistakes. Yeah, yeah you do. You handle the frustrations well. <laughs> but, I throw my phone against the wall. Yeah, <laughs> so but, but when I first got in into it, I mean, it was it. You know, we were talking about this with sports and and how that relates. Yeah, and I, yeah. I mentioned it earlier, but. You know, with sports, you basically put your head down and, and you just bury yourself with some insane effort for as long as you can go. And then you take a break, you rest for a second, and then you go do it again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and you just do yeah, that on right. repeat until you break. Was, yeah. and, 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 or and someone what, else breaks. Yeah, and you what know. sports teach you is to, that you don't break. You, you keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, or you, know, you lose. Yeah, or you lose. Or and then you if know. you lose, then you uh, take a break for longer yeah, and then you go yeah, back out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, but, Realistic yeah. goals too. Like I remember that guy that wanted to. He's he, he got into. We were bike racers over here, amateur. Yeah. And uh, we met a guy that was dead serious about wanting to go to the Tour de France. Okay. 
Okay. You don't want to you don't want to knock down the wind behind someone's sails, but realistic goals and you know, right, unrealistic yeah, exactly. Goals. It's like and, uh, me trying to play the in the U.S. Open in a golf tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm decent at golf, but there's yeah, zero yeah. chance I would ever be able to play on a pro yeah, tour. Yeah, but win in a tournament at Hurstbourne, maybe right? Local. Yeah, I, I mean I can compete in amateur type yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. I hope so. We're but, not friends anymore. The, the worst, the worst professional golfer on tour would just embarrass me. Yeah, so. yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. But I, I do think this, the lessons that you learn in sports are really important to 100%. teach. To teach, you know, uh, hard work and yeah. and you know how it pays off in the long term. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, working. I just worked for many years, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Getting off school and then yeah, one of the first fights that my wife and I had, she was five months pregnant. We were at <laughs> we were at our fifth rental house that we had bought, wow. and uh, it was like three o'clock in the morning on a Friday. We both worked all day and then came to the rental house at like you know four o'clock and then worked until like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and we were both so tired and she's pregnant and we're hungry we skipped dinner that night <laughs> yeah like, yeah we, start, we don't fight a lot but we basically totally were at each other's throats and then oh eventually gosh. we were like okay maybe we should just go home <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i think we've all been there but anyways um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the reality is I've gotten my hands dirty in things that I should never have done mm-hmm. just because I was trying to hustle. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes that's the only way, well, at least people with as thick of a head as I have, that's the only way you can learn. Yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. Get down yeah. in it. You remember, I don't know if you remember this. I pulled up, there was a basement floor. So oh, yeah, dude, right the after, concrete. The concrete floor. On so, oak. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. right after we, uh, we uh, right after I quit my teaching job, we bought a house uh, on, on East Oak Street, and uh, we were renovating it. It was a huge, like, 3,000-square-foot house. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this work myself. You know, I'm going to, that's my, my new job is to do work <laughs> yeah. on this house. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get a new basement floor poured because the basement floor was down. It was all cracked up and just awful. And we wanted to finish the basement, so we had a waterproof anyways. Anyways. The guy's like, yeah, you can save yourself 1800 bucks if you pull the floor up yourself. And I'm like, all right. Done. Yeah, done, <laughs> done. Let's do this. Guess so I'm a mason. <laughs> I spent the next like two days pulling up this basement floor. And I ended up, uh, I think it weighed in at around like 10,000 pounds or 12,000 pounds or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But like it was just me over there pulling it up and then carrying it to the dumpster. <laughs> oh my God. Another another 3 a.m. night. Oh, right? yeah. Well, yeah, I, I didn't or... stay down there that late, but I remember, yeah, it was. It was stupid. I mean, I've done many stupid things like that. Like, but it saved me eighteen hundred bucks. And at the time, I remember thinking that was two days worth of work. I saved nine hundred yeah. bucks a day. That's nine hundred bucks a day, man. That's yeah. good money in right my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't do that now. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the value of your time, right? Like, it, then it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And then, and that's you know that's so. Since you mentioned time, we'll talk about time. I know. Uh, Oh, this is a good one, too. I think you're going to... So, one of the things I like to do, and and I'll challenge each one of you two listeners out there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Kelly and Sarah. (laughs) Actually. Uh, Probably questionable. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I love doing this, and and I'll tell my wife, I'm like, hey, Christina, guess what? And uh, she'll be like, what? And I'll be like, "Uh, so I calculated uh, how much money we're making every minute, whether or not we are working or not. (laughs) (laughs) And it's... 50 cents <laughs> but that 50 cents adds up no and i oh, don't yeah. even know if it is 50 cents because i haven't calculated it in a while I, I used to geek out over this stuff and and since you know now i have my kids at home yeah. and i'm not working as much i don't do it as much but 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 you should think about 
what are things that earn you income that you don't have to work for? Mm -hmm. And then calculate how much money are you making from those? And then wh where do you want to get to? What, how much money would you like to make? Yes. And then figure out, okay, well, how are you going to get there? And you can almost, you can draw out the roadmap for, exactly. you know, basically for freedom. Because that's essentially what it is. It doesn't, it's nothing else matters. Freedom. And then once you have freedom, then you can do what I'm doing, trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love backing into goals like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm in sales, so I have sales goals every year. And like you said earlier, make them attainable and then back into it. What is the actual work I have to do yeah. to get there? Yeah. Because if you don't do that, there's no. what's the point of the goal? If you're just, you know, walking around blindfolded saying, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make a million dollars. Well, okay, what are you going to do? How are you going to do exactly. it? Exactly. Like, I mean, good for you, man. Go make your million. But I'd be the first person to fail if I set a goal of that. I would never do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but you set a goal to be able to quit your full-time job and you yeah. backed into it. It was like, okay, this is what I got to do. Seven-year plan. Boom. Done in six. Yeah. Yeah. So. What advice would you have for someone starting out? And you kind of glossed over it earlier, but um, for someone, and, and this might be an opportunity for you to talk about, I mean, how overwhelming was it, your first Korea meeting? And, and what have you done yeah. because of that? And what do you, what talk about your meetup? Yeah, okay, so uh, <laughs> so basically, the whole time that we were doing this uh, real estate investing, um, the only other people that I knew that were doing it were my father-in-law, who was extremely helpful as well, um, and my brother-in-law. And, um, who is my, <laughs> my wife's, <laughs> my wife's brother, younger brother, five years younger. So I remember we were, I was working for him. Do you remember that? I was yeah, working cleaning for him. boats, right? Sam, right. yeah, Sam, we were cleaning boats on the river. He was 13 years old at the time. <laughs> I would, I was, we had just started dating. Wow. My wife and I had been dating for like, I don't know, three months or something. And she's like, yeah, my brother's looking for somebody to help him wax boats. Do you want to do that in the summer? I'm like, well, how much does it pay? She's like, oh, 25 bucks an hour. And I'm like, well, I'm making six as a lifeguard. I'm like, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I go to his house, pick him up and drive him to, uh, <laughs> to the job site yes. and then go drop him off afterwards. <laughs> so at 13, he'd started a business cleaning oh, yeah. boats? Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. awesome. And, and eventually he got smart enough to where he realized he was paying us too much. And so then he hired people for way cheaper. Yeah. And then we, had, we were out of the job. But that's fine because, you know, it all worked out. But he actually had a bet with me um, that he made and I never agreed to. But he still says I owe him a skid steer because he said he's, we, we went to this, you know, the first like meeting that we went to that was real estate related. It was some type of traveling show where they come into town and they're like oh learn how to come do real estate blah 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 oh, yeah, right. yeah, you yeah. know it's free and you're like, yeah. you're like oh my god we're gonna get so rich let's go and <laughs> yeah. then you show yeah, up yeah. and it's it's yeah. a whole bunch of fluff yeah. oh and yeah the you end to... is the sales pitch yeah. oh this is hilarious oh, this is funny the, the end is the sales pitch it's like oh yeah it's only $2,400 for yeah. this weekend and then you go to the weekend and then they're like oh yeah it's only $30,000 if you want the actual course yeah. and it's like what the hell that's you know, I, I went to one of those two one time and yeah. the guy literally goes he goes you don't need any money he goes open a credit card get as the highest limit you could possibly get and go buy a house with it and I'm yeah, like what yeah. the hell are you talking yeah, about yeah yeah I'm going to so, max out a $100,000 credit card. But don't but, tell your wife, be a man. Be a man. Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> don't make a terrible decision. Right yeah. Just spend that 30000 Yeah, no. And so uh, I know people in locally that have that are successful now. Yeah. But that yeah. have spent $30,000 on, on a course some like type that. of course like yeah. that. Which, 
maybe it helped him in some way, but it, I mean, the yeah. education is out there for free right. if you know where to Probably seek it out. Probably accountability more than anything. Yeah. I mean, if you spend 30 grand on something, yeah, you better that's a lot. do yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I, I urge people yeah. not to I mean, just jump right into that. I mean, if that's what you want to do and, you're, and you've done some other things first, mm-hmm. go for it. Uh, or if you're comfortable with it, if you have the money, but... Um, don't put on a credit card. That just seems silly. <laughs> but, seems but you know, more power too. Some of those people I know have done it, been successful, but I know every single one of them is always like, yeah, that I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But at the same time, they're successful, so they don't care. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're but, making money now. So there's lots of free education that you can get locally. I was basically just Korean, networking yeah. with uh, <laughs> my brother-in-law and my father-in-law, and those are the people that I knew that were doing this stuff. And I just assumed that there was nobody else in the world that was doing it. And that's totally not true. <laughs> so, so actually, I asked him one time, I was like, so have you ever, ever been to this Korea uh, thing? Because I met an investor at a house that we ended up buying. And uh, he was he was out there. And he, he told me about it. He was like, yeah, you should come to Korea. I'm, you know, I'm on the board. And, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, maybe I'll come. So then I went and asked them about it. And they were like, they were like yeah, we weren't too sure. We, you know, we went once and it wasn't, you know, wasn't what we thought. There's a lot of new people. And I was like, okay. So I didn't go for like a while. A long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then when I finally started going, I realized it's not really about like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of new people. I mean, it's mm-hmm. some, I mean, depending on the meeting, it might be 50 to 70% new people. Yeah. But the 30% of the people that are in there that are not new are doing lots of deals and they're, they're way, you know, they're super high level. Like some of these people are doing so much more stuff than I could even dream of doing. And just to even be able to talk with them for a couple minutes is awesome. And yep. it's so motivating. Like, it so is. when I started really growing my business was when I started going to Korea and learning how these people are doing it and yep. how they're growing. And I mean, <laughs> we stuff, well, like 11 properties or something in 2019, because I learned how to buy property more quickly than like two or three a year, which is what we had previously been doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you want to get started in this stuff, I think the first thing is, I talked about it a little bit earlier, self-education. Mm-hmm. Self-education. I know, Nathan, you're a big networker. Yep. Andrew's a huge networker. Yeah. And I, he tells me you're a bigger networker than him. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. We all have our days. I'm yeah, always, yeah. So going back to Korea, like, you know, I'm, I like to think of myself as an introverted. Extrovert. Extro- or extroverted introvert. I don't know. I'm a mixture of two, yeah. and I can be either one, just depending on if I don't know anybody. And if I don't know anybody, I'm usually like the guy that stands all weird in the corner. Yeah. And like, so when I went to Korea for the first, like, all all I could think about was just keep pressing play, just keep showing up, you know. Yep. And yeah. like, literally, I felt so weird, like for multiple meetings. I try, I tell people this that are new. I'm like, look, you're gonna feel weird. Just yeah. stand around, talk yeah. to whoever. Don't worry but, about it. And keep showing up. After the first one, you, you're you bound to meet someone. Yep. Yes, right? yes, You're bound yes. to meet someone. Hopefully, they come back too. And then the next time, you know one person. Yeah. And you're bound to meet a few other people the yeah. next time. And then eventually, eventually you know more than yes, you don't know. I yes. mean, that's how it ends up. And then and, it's fun. And yeah. then you want to go. You're just you going know? to see your friends at that point. <laughs> yes. yeah. Having a you couple know? beers yeah. and you know, yeah. catching up. And we've said this every podcast, I yeah. think. Yeah. But you're the sum of your closest five yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I talk about I mean, it. the people you surround yourself with are the are that's how you act. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. Hey, we need to get back to those morning runs once I a agree, week. Too. Man, I agree. <laughs> you know, I agree. The snow is screwed us yeah, up. I, yeah, I only yeah. ran like three times in the snow. So. <laughs> but I mean, back to you know, so Luke did that, and I've heard that is a part of your success story too. I mean, how many nights networking events did, did you? Oh my. Yeah, it was all the time. All the time for two years. Yeah, YPAL or GLI yeah. or the Building Industry Association or the Insurance in, uh, Association. I mean, 
Yeah. Was, yeah. If there, no, was an, if there was an event, I was going. That's all. I mean, so. but it's, it's like, I mean, it's so, I think it's so important. And I think, yeah. I think a lot of people just out of fear, maybe just don't go. Yeah. And it, then it holds, oh, I mean, yeah. it I mean, holds them back, I, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I strongly suggest CREA for people that are interested in real estate investing, Kentucky Real Estate Investors Association. Okay. You know, it costs, I want to say 30 bucks a meeting. If you're not a member, if you're a member, it's 20 bucks a meeting and it's like 150 bucks for the year. Okay. It's a lot cheaper than $30,000. And you're going to get a lot more <laughs> yeah. value. I'm telling yeah. you right This is where, <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. where Luke's $30,000 pitch comes yeah. in. Yeah. 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 And if and you DM want, if you DM want for, the new Bauer yeah, real estate If you school. want the videos that I haven't made yet about how to invest in real estate, just send $30,000. <laughs> Here's his Venmo. <laughs> to buy Venmo, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and but then, you so, also have one. so I do have, yeah. So uh, a good friend of mine, his name's Rafael Collazo. He's a uh, commercial real estate agent in town with the Grisani Group, and we got together, and I found a spot that was pretty good. He wanted to start a meetup, and uh, basically, we started a real estate meetup. It's all free. Um, the reason we did that was we were just trying to get a totally non-intimidating meetup set up so that mm-hmm. people could come, brand new people could come, yeah. and then hopefully, you know, we could help them find a, the right path for them to, for moving forward and not yeah. not like you know because korea is huge i mean you go there it's, it's, at, it's at woodhaven someone, i mean yeah. there, there was a meeting i think that had like 600 people in there, oh 700 people yeah. i mean it was so many people i remember that I, and it's not out like that every meeting but i mean it's hundreds of people usually yeah um or maybe it was 700 members maybe there was like 300 people i mean i can't remember it was mm-hmm. a lot anyways so the, the my meetup started with 20 people Yep, and the back of the great back of the Manhattan Project. Yeah, twenty people. We we did it once a month, and then it grew to you know forty people, fifty people. And by the end of it, when COVID happened, we had a hundred people at each meetup, and it wasn't much better than Korea. (laughs) (laughs) Just just because of the you know number of people, but to be honest, it was fun, and it's at a bar. uh, It's well, whenever we start it back up again. uh, Yeah, but anyways. If, so what's it called? It's called the Louisville Real Estate Investors Meetup Group. Okay. And it, you can gotcha. go to meetup.com and find it uh, on there. Um, but it's at the Facebook, Manhattan Project. Yeah. Facebook. It's you on Facebook. You didn't take any marketing classes with that biology major. Did you? <laughs> so, so, yeah. No marketing. I no, love the No business. <laughs> no. I, like zero. Like as far as like formal education on anything entrepreneurial. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Self-educated. But don't let it hold you back. Yeah, <laughs> hell no. That's awesome. Well, and yeah. and I have to, I have to give a big pitch. So I was completely overwhelmed the first time I went to Korea, and I would consider myself decent at that stuff. But it is um, it is overwhelming because he had told me beforehand they actually put on a lesson at Korea, mm-hmm. but all the the. All the business is going on behind the curtain where the bar is. Yeah, and and you know you yeah. you hear the old adage, you know, eight eighty uh, percent of the the business is done by twenty percent of the right. producers, and eighty percent of the networking was done by the twenty percent in the back of that. Yep. And um and and but you're absolutely right. But Luke's meetup, what was great about that is I I knew him, so that was a little bit of it too. But like the smaller the amount of groups, the easier it was to just kind of start Work a conversation. And, yeah. yeah, and because it was new everyone was kind of new right you know and so i i think you know and it's only been going on for a year now right it's it's almost been two actually but, oh really but okay. you know covid, COVID had right. minus COVID. for a year yeah so it's only been a year of actual meetups but but yeah eventually we're, we're, we're gonna start them back up and you know it'll be a fun time you can come and hang out 
Yeah. So I know Beckman's been there a couple of times. It's been fun. And, yeah. Cool. You know, but the biggest thing is with any networking stuff, like you get into it, you get out of it what you put into it. So right. you absolutely you just, you got to um, understand yeah. that. And, I, and you're not going to get much out of it if you just show up once, twice, three yeah. times. You need to be going like Nathan five days a week. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, All the time. You know, and, and another thing. So I would reckon, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, wow, reck, reckon that's a that's a good Kentucky. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm fixing, <laughs> but I would say that um, I'm fixing the reckon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that the best deals are the organic ones that arise through your own network. I know for me in in my retail business that all my deals come or all my leads come from who I know. It's completely right. referral based. It's yeah. not online, it's not Instagram, it's it's mm-hmm. from I know this person, this person can vouch for me. Right. And I know that I, th- I think even I may have heard you say it that some of the best deals you I know this isn't about finding that right deal, but have you made more money on the deals that you found organically or the ones you found off the MLS or through a wholesaler <laughs> or something like that? Yeah. When, when you get somebody who either refers you to somebody or somebody who uh, you know. knows you, they already have made up their mind that they're going to use you. Yeah. And so right. all you have to do is not suck at sales. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And as long as you can get that contract signed or whatever and make yeah. the deal win-win for everybody. I mean, yep. yeah, there's never going to be a better deal than a referral. And, I used to be super weird about that, honestly, because I know Beckman, you're really good about using people that you know. My wife is, is, is an agent as well, a real estate agent, and she's happy to use people that know that she knows. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, she's got a referral business. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. And I've always, for some reason, had this mental block where I'm like, oh yeah, you can't, you know, work with anybody that you know, because what if it gets weird or whatever, you know? And, but yeah. like the reality as as you is work like with people that do a good job and yeah, are reliable. They want to work with you because of you. They exactly. know you, they right. trust yeah. you, they exactly. like you, you know, yeah. it's, it's you over the unknown, Yeah, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, I'm, I'm in insurance. So if I, if yeah. I need a contractor to do something, I'm, I'm going to probably use someone that I insure or someone that at least would be willing to work with me afterwards, you know, yeah. going forward. I mean, it's not like a quid pro quo situation, but right, you right. try to work with people that work yeah. with you. I mean, that's just the reality. Unless yeah. it's RJ. And and, and <laughs> <laughs> just a tag We're still working on RJ that had We're finally still, finished contracts. Still working great contractor. He actually is, he is great. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's good. good. He's good. But that's, you know, there's many things that I have like that and, and everybody, you know, the other, maybe there's three listeners now, but uh, yeah. everybody's going to have yeah, Christina, yeah, Christina just talking about yeah. 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 RJ popped up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, the, everybody's going to have limitations, self limitations with, with their mind and what they think they can or should or shouldn't do. And, uh, the biggest thing for me, one of the biggest things for being successful was just like literally just letting go of it all. And yeah. my wife has been huge helping me do that because she, she's not afraid of anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always, That's she's, awesome. she, yeah, I've been afraid of a lot of things before, but she's really helped me, you know, get over all that stuff. So, well, no, you know, I think that's great to, to talk about too, because, you know, in, and I've had this with, I'm a blessed married man, couldn't say anything better about my wife, but she's not necessarily as enthusiastic about investing in the real estate. And that's why we give a small portfolio and we're fine with that. I'd love to grow it, but it has I get, to do with you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. It definitely has something to do with me. But I guess what I'm getting at is in, in any dynamic, you know, like, you you need someone in that corner to support you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I sure. talked about this on the first episode. Like, I wouldn't have made the jump into real estate unless she 
you know, was, you know, working and basically was like, yeah, I'm okay with not, you not bringing in any income. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Six months yeah. while, while I grinded it out, putting yep. the time in every day, networking, yep. calling, you know, exactly. the sales, the sales uh, yeah. gig. So I think it's important to acknowledge the strong women behind us. You know, if Sarah wasn't on your ass every day, yeah, you, know, I know. you wouldn't get up. Yeah, and, she's right? motivated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Get, Sarah, getting your house ready for, for me to sell next week. Yep. This will probably drop though. Exactly. After, hopefully wait, wait, after so you're selling your house? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Congrats. Man. Yeah. You want to buy it? <laughs> uh, you want to sell it to me for half price? <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. I want to buy a 50% off. Price. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then another, just something just popped in my head though about, um, you know, not giving up when you, when you come across certain obstacles and it kind of goes back to sports. But, I, and this is personal, but Luke and I are bike racers. Um, and I remember, one of the, I talk about self-doubt. I used to self-doubt myself all the time, all the time, especially when it came to bike racing early on. And then, uh, he was we, terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, Luke would always think way more highly of, my, of myself than I did of, of, of me, you know, yeah. and we're in this bike race and he's a category. I was thinking it. Fast, fast, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just BS, but Hey, it worked for me. Yeah. And, and we're in this, or I'm, I did this bike race and he's, he's a category faster than me. So he's watching my race Okay. and I'm trying to win as many as I can to get into his Because he's been done category. with the race for the he's last hour. Yeah, and so I get off the front of this race on the first lap, and if you know anything about bike racing, that's a that's usually a dumb move. That is probably not going to play out the next forty five on minutes. a flat course by yourself. On a flat <laughs> course by yourself, yeah. yeah, yeah, with no technical turns. Like the field will run, will ride you down and 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 spit you out the back. Right. And so I'm coming around, and it's a loop. I'm coming around. And I'm off the front, and, I'm, and Luke's the only person I really know there. I, it was, I wonder if any, all I know is Luke just saying, keep going. And I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't keep going. I'm like, you got a huge gap. You <laughs> yeah, can, you're you not can even tired. Yeah. <laughs> and then every lap, every lap, I was like, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, this is yeah. too much. I've got too much time. Yeah. And he's like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, you know, I ended up winning that race. And I think it was in large part because he was over here. Busting your ass. Yeah, yeah. And telling me to keep going and not yep. letting that self-doubt come in. And I yep. think when, you know, whether it's real estate investing or real estate sales or insurance or really whatever you're doing, whatever you're hustling at, mm-hmm. like it's nice to have that 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 rock in the corner or someone positive. You know, you are your average right, yeah. of five people you hang out with the most. You want to make sure those are people yeah. that, are, that got your back. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And you also got me into real estate, so again, yeah. a lot of kudos to <laughs> kudos to Luke He's over here. Me up over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. But um, I don't have a job, guys. I'm, I'm staying home, my kids. Now, so. <laughs> I'm just a regular dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a role model kind of life. That awesome. sounds pretty appealing to me. Exactly. But um, well, um, I don't know. We, so we've got. I've I've got one thing. So. Uh, Obviously, you're managing all your properties. Yes, you know that takes yes. a lot of time. I, yes. I know we kid that you don't have a job, but that's no. A lot of work. I, know, I, know, I know. So for the uh, like for the Andrew or myself who has a full time job outside of real estate and property management, like that doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Like I, you know, you yeah. you see the value in re- in investing. You see the value in the real estate properties, but you don't want to deal with the the issues and collecting checks and all that stuff. So, I mean, is there, is it still heavily worth it in your mind with property management companies and, and hiring all that stuff out? Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I think real estate as an investment, if you have the money to invest in it, 
um, and you're okay with leaving that money in there to get you a return that's not infinite or right. 90% or 80%, you know, we're talking something between probably, you know, eight to 15% return. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I absolutely think it's a great investment. I think it's, uh, it's the question is, do you have the money that you're looking for a place to put it? Right. And if you do, then yeah, then I think you absolutely can make returns. But if you're making $30,000 a year and you want to quit your job in seven years, you got yeah. I don't think you can, you can do, do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I don't know if right. that makes sense. Now, no, that, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. The, the other piece of that is I'm a regular dude who's not like not doing anything crazy here. Right. There's people out there that are machines that can go from like zero units to, you know, a hundred units in a year or, or right. whatever. They can scale quickly. They can mm-hmm. all of a sudden be making just insane amounts of money. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. Now, most people can't do that. Right. right. We're talking yeah. about a small percentage of 1% of people that can do that. Right. But they're out there. Yeah. And so when somebody new comes to me and they're like, this is what I want to do. I'm not the dude that's going to be like, oh, you can't do that. Because you absolutely can. Anybody can. Yeah. Right. But it's going to yeah. be hard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you like, realize how much the, work that yes, actually Yes, exactly. Is. Like, that's yeah. the question. How hard are you willing to work? Yeah. And then the, the, the second part of that is you're probably going to fail at some point at something. Yeah. And what are you going to do when that happens? And if your answer is give up the first time you fail, then it's not going to work out for you because yeah. you're going to need to fail like it's inevitable every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. Is, Back to sports. I mean, you break your, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't win them all. No, yeah. no. Yeah. No. But yeah, going back to your question, if you, uh, I would try for self-education. I think it's important to network with investors to learn yeah. who the property managers are, you know, what their fees are, mm-hmm. um, start, looking at deals, analyzing deals. Um, and if, yeah, if you have the money to put 20% down, 25% down, yeah, absolutely all day. I think real estate is a wonderful investment. Now I don't necessarily think it should be your only investment in your portfolio. Yeah. Um, I've increasingly been learning about other ways to diversify. And I think that's really important for successful investors is, is to diversify their assets. Yeah. So cool. To, to kind of wrap it up, what do you think, and this might this might be a longer answer, but what do you think Louisville as a city, as a community, has done that kind of helped you get to where you are today? And then really the other side of that question is, what do you think Louisville could do better that would make it easier for investors? And how do you see an investor like yourself giving back to the community? And that can be in, I mean, you can talk about some of the properties that you own and what, you know, how that has increased the value of that neighborhood, you know, but that's kind of what, what I'm interested in is your perspective on what Louisville's done for you and what you can do for Louisville to make it better or what you think other people could do for you. So, yeah. So for me, I think Louisville, over the past, you know, 10 years has been an excellent city to begin investing in because the property values are affordable. The rents are good. Um, cash flow is pretty well as far as what you buy properties for, what they can cash flow. So like Louisville as a city for a first time investor, I think is great. It's not super huge. You're not going to be making like right. it's millions not of dollars, same but at the same time, day, but... you're not going to be losing millions right. of dollars. Right. Right. So, right. And it also doesn't cost you millions of dollars right. to get yeah. into it. Yeah. And so like, yeah, so we've got people from California um, that buy properties here in Louisville mm-hmm. because they cash flow well, because they appreciate well. You know, so Louisville is a great city that's big enough for some really cool stuff being going on, but not too big to be super crazy expensive, at least yet. Yeah. And uh, I think the size of Louisville is perfect for new first-time investors to get into investing and not uh, not have to take too much risk. 
which yeah. I think is really important for investing in general is not having to take too much risk. So yeah, so Louisville, I don't know if I could have done you know what we did in any other city. I don't know if we would have been successful. I like to think we would, but who knows? You know, you're put somewhere for a reason, and Louisville's been great to me for giving back to the community. I mean, one of the things I, I like to think about, you know, what makes people happy, right? Mm-hmm. What, what what do people want out of life? I, I think yeah. about this a lot. Yeah, and and one of the things, obviously, lots of people want out of life is money. Yep. Money's not necessarily gonna make you happy. Right. My money, my problems. Yeah, yep. yeah. So uh, another thing that people want is freedom, and that's why I like real estate is because it gives me that freedom and it gives me uh, some money too. But then there's a couple other things that I think people need in order to be happy. I think that everybody wants to have some type of job that they feel like they can be contributing to society with. Yeah. But they don't want to feel like they have to work every day. Yeah. And so finding that balance of like you know. What is it for you that, that that's what you, you want? And then in addition to that, I think everybody wants to be able to be creative because if you're, if you're in some job and you just have, you don't get to make decisions for yourself, right. you don't get autonomy. to be creative. The autonomy is huge. And yeah. I think there's so many people out there that never get to be creative. And that's one of the things I love most about real estate investing. It might sound silly, but like even just the decisions of like what we're going to do on this property. Yeah. I love that. I love the creativity that, that, that allow that outlet mm-hmm. and like, yeah, it's awesome. But then the final thing is, I think, for people being happy, right? So I think there's like five things that I was thinking of for, for happiness and, yeah. and, and, you know, being successful. And the last thing is helping others. I think yeah. everybody yeah. to be happy needs to help others. Yeah. And so yeah. giving back to Louisville, I guess, with going with this meetup, I, honestly, I didn't want to start the meetup because I... I have self-doubt about what I'm capable of doing and I just don't necessarily like being the center of attention. <laughs> but uh, Raphael, luckily, he was like, let's do it, man. You, you found the spot. Let, you're just going to help me with it. And yeah. We're just going to do it together. But I felt like, I feel like, you know, even even though I'm not like taking people one-on-one and like taking them around the city, like I, I've done it a couple times for people, just taking them around and showing them stuff and talking mm-hmm. to them. But I think just allowing people and being transparent with our business and what we do and how we do it Hopefully, somebody out there will learn something mm-hmm. and somebody out there will improve their life in some way. And so hopefully, w- one way that I hope to give back to the city is by encouraging entrepreneurship in young people mm-hmm. and, and hope, helping people to realize that you can you can educate yourself to better your life in many ways. And real estate's just one outlet that you could choose if you wanted to or yeah. one piece of the pie. I mean, it doesn't have to be the whole pie. It could just be a small portion of it, but mm-hmm. it could add to you know, what you've got going on. Um, and then the other way is yeah. with, uh, with helping others. And this goes to, <laughs> this is a couple different points, but I think it's really important for people to understand that you are paid as an entrepreneur, as a worker, you're paid based off of the value that you provide exactly. to people. And, yeah. and people miss that so many times they, they think they should be paid well because they are entitled to it or whatever, but it's a direct correlation to what it is that you provide and, and how much value, wh- how complicated is that problem that you're solving for somebody to solve? Yeah. And if, if it's pretty complex, like Elon Musk solving the, you know, trying to solve how we travel, yeah. then he's obviously going to be paid well. I've never seen anybody move up through the uh, ranks as quickly as he did. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. world's richest man. Yep. But uh, and at the same time, he doesn't care. He says that's strange when he becomes the world's richest man. Yeah. He said, hmm, that's strange. That's his tweet. <laughs> I mean, the dude, like, that's... It, so So the point is, you you don't necessarily need to be... Like, you don't need, need to want something so bad that all you want is to make money. That's not going to get you the happiness that you 
desire that you, that you that you need. You need to be able to solve problems for people, and and so the problem that I try to solve with what we do in our business, mm-hmm. because I don't earn money from trying to help people with networking, but is um, with properties. I like to have properties that are nice. Mm-hmm. That basically the problem I'm solving for people is I'm having a nice property for somebody to rent out that either short term with Airbnbs or long term that they can enjoy, and yeah. that the way I stay competitive is. The pricing is reasonable and the property is nice and hopefully that person can enjoy it. Now, all of our yeah. properties aren't like super nice by any means, but but a lot of them are. A lot of them are really nice. And I think that's a really important piece of like, you know, and, and the ones that are super nice, those are the ones that have bigger profit margins. So there's a correlation. Yeah, so. there's a correlation uh, how complex those problems are. So I, hopefully the way that I give back to the city of Louisville is A, through you know helping people and encourage people to self-educate themselves and become uh, financially literate financially free, mm-hmm. or even just take one step in the right direction. And then number two, for the city, I, I want to provide housing to people, even though, you know, I, it's not like I have very many houses compared to how many houses there are in the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very small percentage. But just the fact that I've got properties, people can come in from yeah. out of town, mm-hmm. stay for the weekend. I've got a family that's moving from Colorado right now. Relocated awesome. to Louisville, bought a house. The house isn't ready for them to move in until June. Uh-huh. And so they're staying in one of my furnished rentals for three months. Oh, very cool. And, you know, just being able to provide that. And they're super happy because it's a reasonable rental rate. It's a nice furnished house. Everything is very nice inside and, and it's a good location. And, you know, it was easy. You know, and that's what people are looking for. The that's problem key. the problem is they're moving to a city with two dogs, three kids, and oh, wow. they have a house that is a good house, but it's not going to be ready for several months, but they have yeah. to move here. Yeah. And so the, so it's like, what are they going to do? Move into an apartment like temporarily? Or are they going to go rent With someplace for like an astronomical dogs. amount of money, like at a hotel or whatever? Right. And like, I'm literally charging them like not very much money like, right. for what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good deal. It's a win-win for everybody. Yep. I was not very busy, you know, but yep. hopefully those are the two things that I'm trying to do. For awesome. Yeah, so, no, that's great. Very cool. Well, uh, the last, can, uh, Lou, uh, what's your favorite restaurant in Louisville, Luke? Favorite restaurant? This is a tough one. I, I've got a lot that I like. I'm not super picky, though. Let's go with, uh, let's go, uh, just it's on the top of my mind. Time for Thai off Frankfurt Avenue has this peanut chicken dish, and I just Ooh. love it. <laughs> <laughs> like a pad Thai, chicken pad it's Thai. It's kind of like that, but yeah, it's the yeah. peanut sauce is so good. And it's like, what about the vodka frita? Wait, what's it oh, called? Oh, man. Okay, all right. I thought what's that was a Thai restaurant called? It's, it's called Time for Thai. Time on, for Thai. It's on Frankfurt. So, yeah. so Time for Thai is a very small business as well, which is not good. Reason. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll give yeah. them that shout out. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, but then as a secondary close second finish, because Beckman reminded me, is the vodka frita at Havana Rumba. Oh, yeah. so good the, yeah, oh yeah. man that yeah. is so good so those are yeah. those yeah those are my two favorite yeah. so you can tell how fancy i am yeah 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 because usually yeah. i wear a t-shirt and jeans when i go yeah <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that and then what about your favorite season in louisville oh good question okay so this has changed over the years yeah i used to not enjoy the fall because i had to go to school and start teaching in the fall and i had to get new kids and we had to go through new procedures and and had to learn everybody's names yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was a very tough kid time one, for me kid two. <laughs> tough time of year. Red red shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh but now the fall is 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 a wonderful time and that's my favorite season for sure um yeah great time of year i know people had always said oh yeah the fall is my favorite time in louisville and i'd be like what how is that your favorite time that's when school we, that's when we gotta go back to school <laughs> <laughs> but now i've learned to love it so i awesome. have to go fall awesome cool. awesome yeah thanks for everything man we appreciate you coming on 
Dude, this was great. Yeah. I think, I think you're awesome. Luke, thank you so much. And if, if people want to, you know, reach out and contact you, what, what do you think would be the best way to reach out to you? Good question. You know, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. You're welcome to friend me on Facebook, although I don't get on there very long, often. Um, Instagram, you can look me up, Luke Newbauer on Instagram. Yeah, a picture of me and my kids or something on my profile. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, please subscribe. Please leave us a review. We want to know what you guys think and, uh, follow us on on Instagram. Instagram. Hype uh, Louisville. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate you guys and we will see you next time.